Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and this time we're going to be looking at a movie I love, but my guest does not. We are looking at 1986's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Music is my life. Uh, which I love. I'm unashamed about my love for this movie. It took a little bit to grow on me, but I absolutely love it. I think it's one of the funniest horror movies ever made. However, my guest, my, my poor, poor guest on, on his fourth time in a row on the podcast, Derek has returned and just had a miserable night. Derek, how you doing? This was the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. And I've given it a lot of thought. It takes time to set up to do a podcast. So I've had a time to really deep dive into my brain about all these movies that I've hated. Tusk, Halloween 5, Halloween 6 epic movie anything where melissa mccarthy goes too crazy this movie is the worst oh come on it is not worse than epic movie it is bullshit it truly is because i know you've been trying to tell me that this movie knows exactly what it is it does but it what they wanted is the worst thing ever i think they got exactly what they wanted Mm -hmm. but it's just bad it's just bad everything about this movie is bad it wasn't fun i rolled my eyes there was one good moment in the whole movie, and I don't even want to spoil it no. because, you know, I need something to look forward to in this podcast, <laughs> but it was way too much work to get there. It's like you're going to mine for gold during the gold rush, and you mine, and you prospect, and you sift, and finally you get that gold, and it's one-tenth of one ounce. Congratulations, you played yourself. This movie is the bane of my existence. I hate it. Yes, this is the worst. Wow, whatever. Uh, I loved this movie. Uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a staunch defender. It it is a great movie. In every way, shape, and form, I absolutely love it, and I can't get enough of it. And this isn't me being, like, sarcastic or facetious or whatever. This is 100% genuine. I love this movie. Ryan, your mind... You know, it's good that you can do what you can do because your tolerance is much higher than anything that I can apparently stand, because how many more sequels are like this? Is there any other movie in the world quite like this? No, absolutely not. This is a unique film. I want to say one more thing about this before we jump into this. I love metal music. I love music that is hard rock. I like that scream in the voice. I like that grit, you know? But I didn't always. I used to hate music like that. I grew up in the 90s and the early 2000s with very helicopter ish parents when it came to music so screamo metal is not something that i got to listen to but what happened was a friend of mine introduced me to a gateway band this was avenge sevenfold which yeah they're more like soft core metal they're not too hard a lot of people criticize them for being too mainstream but deny it all you want they are a great gateway into metal there's no gateway into this movie ryan i have watched so many horror movies with you. you haven't Not in the grand scheme of all of the horrible B-horror movies and sequels that there are out there, but I've watched infinitely more horror movies since becoming friends with you than I watched beforehand. Because you know what? Like you always say, variety is the spice of life. There is nothing that prepares you for this movie if you 
grow up like me. There's no way to get there. You've watched a lot of A-list horror movies. There is no bridge. I watched Leprechaun. Leprechaun is its own thing. That's more just a straight-up comedy, and that's barely a horror movie. Truth. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's its own genre. But there's there's plenty of weird fucking horror movies that are basically indescribable. There's plenty of them. You've not seen any of those. This is your first one of those. Welcome to my world. I don't like your world. There's no way to prepare a casual viewer for this movie. Nope. It's like jumping into a pool, but you don't know the temperature. You don't even know if it's water. No. This was battery acid. I mean, I prefer blood, but... You know, whatever. So the whole point of this podcast is we are trying to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies. So we're going to be going through the plot of this movie beat by beat, character decision by character decision, um, to see if we need to add any new rules to the list. And we currently have 38 rules? Yeah, we have 38 rules. You can see those at our Twitter account, at HowToHorror, um, where we update that every week. We're going to see if we need to add any new ones. But of course, we're going to be spoiling the entire movie. Derek, I, I assume you're not recommending the film. This, no. I will recommend it to everyone, and here's why. This is an extremely polarizing movie. You are either going to love it or hate it. There's no real middle ground here. Figure out which side of the argument you, you're on. So go watch this movie. Watch for yourself. Decide for yourself, because there's a lot of people who hate it. Ignore the haters. And ignore the people who love it, too. Have your own opinion on this one. It deserves it. Your argument is for curiosity. Yeah, yeah. Because it's such a unique movie that it deserves to be watched and whatever your opinion on it is, you'll you'll be better off for having seen it, I think. Even if you don't realize it at the time, Derek. Well, okay, yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and give this movie a 0 out of 10. Oh, come on. Give it a 1. 0.5. Okay. 0.5. Fine. It gets one step above 0. Yeah, and, it, it's, and that's because it's so self-aware. And it had a redeeming quality that yes, you mentioned. Yes, yes, yes. It had one redeeming quality. I would not tell someone not to watch this movie. If they came to me and said, I'm going to watch Texas Chainsaw 2, I would tell them, buckle up, it's a horrible movie, but I want to talk to you about it afterward, <laughs> because I want to rip on it some more. But like you said, I'm curious for how other people would react to this movie. But it's not one I'm going to watch with them. It's one that I'll wait for them to finish. It's not like Game of Thrones, where you want to watch it with them for the first time. You want to be there for those moments. No, I think I'm going to I'm gonna check out for a while. And, you know, you can catch up with me later. Fair enough. So yeah, go check this one out before you listen to this podcast. I think it's, it's worth your time, probably. If not, you'll at least feel something. <laughs> it's something. It, it's certainly not boring. Anything but. Yeah. Anything but. So, and so at the very end of this thing, we'll give out some awards for the characters who did the best and worst job following the rules. But yeah, so spoilers ahead. You've been warned. All right, let's get into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Okay, so the movie begins with a title crawl kind of establishing that they never found the house or any bodies from the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Even though there was a survivor, they've never really found any evidence of the crimes. So that's what we start off with, which is a little silly, but whatever. But the first characters we meet are these two douchebags named Rick and Buzz. And they are on their way to a big football game in Dallas. They're both drunk, but Buzz is driving. So rule number four, right off the bat, don't be a menace. Don't drink and drive. It's not cool. This is common sense. This doesn't have to just apply to a horror movie. Yep. We We have Uber and Lyft. They were in 1986, but no excuses. Yeah, drink when you get there. And to make things worse, Rick is just randomly shooting his gun out the window. He's got a pistol and he's just shooting at signs. I'm going to go ahead and say rule four here. Don't be a menace. Yeah. What is it with rule four in the Texas Chainsaw movies? Yeah, it's, it's big. Then we meet Stretch, who is our main protagonist. 
the, our final girl, she is kind of a, a spunky radio DJ. She wants to do something more than that. She wants to be like a reporter, investigator kind of person. But right now she's just DJ. And I googled this actress. Is it Caroline Williams? Yep, played and, by Caroline Williams. And and you said that she's kind of a scream queen. Yeah, she's in a bunch of movies. Yeah, so I got just a peek at the IMDb. But yeah, you'd recognize her face. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. Um, she's in Leprechaun Three. She's in the Rob Zombie Halloween Two sequel. Very briefly, she's in some other ones. I can't remember them all, but yeah, she's a she's a scream queen. She's great. I love Caroline Williams. And her coworker is a, a good old boy named LG, and just very very Texan. He spits a lot. So Buzz and Rick, they're listening to her show, and they call in to harass her and just tie up their phone lines. And then they play chicken with a truck. They they see a pickup truck driving down the road, and they play chicken with it and run them off the road. Rule number four: Don't be a menace. Like, goddamn, they are they are not doing a very good job of following this rule at this point. And no, that night. Stretch and LG are still working at the station, and Rick and Buzz call back in because they are just the worst. Um, and still at, driving, by still the way. Still driving. Who knows where they're coming from? But yeah. Texas is a big state. So they drive onto a bridge, and this truck is on the bridge, and it blocks them. It's the same truck they ran into earlier, which doesn't make any sense. I don't know how they got ahead of them. No. Yeah, that, that makes literally no sense. But what we get is a kind of an awesome car chase. I think it was awesome. Scored to some uh, Oingo Boingo. Uh, it's great. This is this might be one of my favorite sequences in the movie. It definitely is. The people in the pickup truck are driving backwards and right alongside Rick and Buzz, and it's awesome. It's awful. Whatever. It's awful. But here, I'll describe it anyway. First, the truck cuts them off, and then it moves out of the way, and then they floor it. I think they're driving like a 70-something Plymouth. And this truck is just this ramshackle piece of crap. And like Ryan said, the truck starts driving backwards and they start driving forward. And the movie is trying to make it seem like Buzz is flooring it. But the truck is keeping up with them in reverse. Oh, but wait, let's dial it up two more notches. A guy wearing a zombie puppet with a chainsaw jumps up in the bed of the truck and starts flailing the chainsaw around like a madman so what this is is this is leatherface who's basically wearing a costume and he's wearing a corpse on the front of him and it's it's the corpse of his brother who was killed in the first movie the hitchhiker it's insane it is an insane visual now right off the bat this tells you that we're not gonna have conventional logic dictating physics capabilities or decisions in this whole movie. This was just great foreshadowing for me. Which, that's fine. Every universe is allowed to have its own rules. Yep. And, I, and I need to keep that in mind and remain as unbiased as I can. In this world, a Plymouth cannot outrun a tow mater driving into, in reverse. It just can't happen. Maybe Buzz wasn't driving as fast as we thought because he's drunk. They said he crashed at 90 miles an hour. Maybe Lefty was exaggerating. Because if you look closely, they're not actually driving that fast. Uh, if I look closely, there's a lot of things. Shh, shh. <laughs> but, okay, let's talk about decisions. There's a guy flailing a chainsaw in the bed of a truck. Well, first off, the very first rule to surviving any horror movie is knowing that you're in one. Yeah, you're in a horror movie. Rule number one, Buzz and Rick, you guys are in a horror movie. And this is what happens when you play chicken with people on the road. You might piss off the wrong person. Uh, rule 32, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Exactly right. This Here's your stupid prize. Wait, what's the best case scenario? You don't kill someone? Yeah, the best case scenario is they run off the road, you run them off the road, and you go on your merry way, and everybody's fine. That is the best case scenario. Guess what? You got the worst case scenario. Yeah, I don't think that anyone could have predicted the worst case scenario. No, I, think, I mean, 
specifically no, but you can predict like oh, oh uh, road rage. Absolutely, road rage is a real thing, especially in Texas. I mean, it doesn't need to be someone magically like you know Isma and Krunk getting back to the palace before Pacha and Cusco. It doesn't need to be something like that. It's as simple as everyone in Texas owns a gun. Yep. Piss off the wrong person, you're going to get yourself shot or chainsawed. But okay, fine. So they're clearly in a horror movie. Let's drop back to the bridge. There's a guy standing in the bed of the truck who's about to attack you with a chainsaw. Ram the truck. Yep. Just a quick left turn. Unless this guy has some kind of superhuman balance, which we'll find out that he, he really doesn't. No. Uh, I mean, for He's all... a little bit clumsy. Yeah, for all the things that this movie is, these villains are very vulnerable. This is not Michael Myers going on a, a tear through, you know, Texas. Very killable, you know? Quick left turn, and they at least get away or buy themselves some time. Yeah. In fact, we are going to add a new rule. Rule number 39. Rule number 39 is use your car as a weapon. It is a giant hunk of metal that can fly down the road. You can easily... Ram into somebody, push them off the road, they're done. Great, you've escaped. And and we just saw Lori do this to Michael yeah. in Halloween 7. Yeah. Or Halloween H20. It is an extremely effective weapon, period. It's great. You have a car on your side. Run them off the road. And, yeah, you know what? This kind of falls under fighting dirty, but we see it so often that in terms of surviving horror movies, never underestimate the power of the two-ton metal death machine. Yep. At the very least, you're going to incapacitate somebody. Yep. You wreck their car and you go on your merry way. Worst case scenario, you wreck your own car and you're dead anyway. Yeah. No, you know, it doesn't get worse. That's rule 17. You know, never go the next thing you try might work. Exactly. So they needed to do something to try and incapacitate the bad guy's car here. Stretch hears everything going on. She's got them on the phone still and because they, they won't hang up. Stretch is hearing all of this. Leatherface pulls out a chainsaw and starts just sawing into the side of the car, which is awesome. Come on, that looked cool. No. What? I was so yanked out of the movie. I, I was still in the middle of adjusting to these these new film universe rules. I, I was yanked out immediately. He's sawing through the driver's side door. He cut the roof off. It's great. It, it's not, though. Rick pulls out his gun, and he shoots at Leatherface and hits the corpse dead in, dead in the eye. He, he gets the corpse, but then it kind of rips away and shows that leather face is underneath rule number 22 take the shot you know if that had actually been the person shooting at or sawing you guess what you just saved the day no Unf- movie you know, there goes the movie unfortunately it wasn't where Leatherface's head actually was it was up, it was above his head so you should have kept shooting so rule 17 never give up the next thing you try might work you missed one shot try again right? maybe the prick was out of ammo no because he shoots again at the driver and misses oh that's right so he'd at least one more bullet you know, you got to take out the immediate threat here. Yep. The guy with the chainsaw, who clearly is OP. Yep. Mary Sue. <laughs> but Leatherface ends up cutting Buzz's head in half, which is amazing effect. Just blood squirting all over the place. We cut back to uh, Stretch and LG listening to this, and we hear the car crash, and that kills Rick. So that's the end of Buzz and Rick already. Thank God, because these characters suck. They were the worst. They were the worst. So we just have a million rule violations for them. They were menaces, Hardcore menaces, like the worst violation of menaces. Yep, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yep. Uh, they broke the new rule by not using their car as a weapon. Yep, uh, Rick gave up on shooting his gun too easily. Yep. Yeah, that's about it. But honestly, horrendous. Horrendous, horrendous, horrendous. And I remember telling you during the sequence, every second that they don't use their car as a weapon here, 
is another rule violation to me because these are all new instances. I don't want to treat it as just one. Yep. If you get the same question wrong five times on a test, you still get five wrong. Yeah, especially don't be menaced. They wrote, broke that so many times. Yeah, there's, there's, there's very poor performance. Yeah, So, but they're out of the movie. That's the end of them. Goodbye. Goodbye, good riddance. So the next day, uh, we meet Texas Ranger Lefty who's played by Dennis Hopper, uh, who's the bad guy in Speed and in the Super Mario Brothers movie. And Lefty's investigating the scene, and his thing is, he's the uncle of Sally and Franklin from the first movie. So he has been on the case of these killers for 12 to 14 years. The movie's 12 years later, but I think it takes place 14 years later. Yeah. So he's been hunting for them for a long time. And there's chainsaw marks on the door. He obviously thinks it's connected. The other cops don't. They're just like, yeah, whatever, you're crazy, man. But Lefty convinces them to run a story in the paper about it. So Lefty's in a horror movie already. He's been in a horror movie for 14 years. You know, he's a Texas Ranger. He's seen some stuff. He He's on the warpath to hunt down chainsaw-wielding killers. Also, he's crazy. He's a Looney Tune. And we don't really see that. Until later. But, like, yeah. there's, there's little hints, especially on, like, a rewatch, when you know where this movie ends up. Yeah, you see it a lot earlier. It's yeah. great. It's great. I mean, the next scene with him is not subtle. So he puts the story in the paper, and the next day, Sir Stretch comes to see him. And she's got a tape of the call. She she is fully on board. She wants to help. She thinks, this is a kind of a big story. I can get away from doing this DJ job, and this is something real. I can do something. And one subtle thing about this is that the paper kind of trashed him and made him sound crazy. Yep. So... It was like, oh, you're just here to make fun of me. You're just here to give me a hard time. You're just yanking my chain. You know, leave me alone. If no one's going to help me, then I'm just going to do this myself. So, I mean, to the movie's credit, they turned this article into more of a satire. Sure. The scene presents itself as Lefty doesn't believe her and just kind of like sends her away. He's like, I don't need your help. And it could be that. The more I watch this movie, and I've watched it a bunch of times now, I think he's plotting. Because his whole thing with this movie, he's going he's going to use Stretch's bait. And I think he's plotting. And he sends her away for a while. He knows where to find her. And he's going to come back later after he's prepped some more. So it couldn't, you know, maybe it's a little bit of shoddy filmmaking. Because in my opinion, this is the worst scene in the movie. And it doesn't quite jive. But I think the more I watch it, this is something that maybe this is what the director was thinking. I don't know. It's possible. I'd like to think that because you're more educated on it, just because, you know, experience is education. Sure. Uh, but for me, I'm with you. It was very odd. It just had this weird feel about it where it didn't lead anywhere. All it did was give Hopper's character, Lefty, the information that there's evidence out there. And it's the introductory scene for our two main protagonists, and that's about it. Right. Before those two characters reunite, just what Lefty does in the meantime, it makes me think he's plotting. Because he, he uses her, and he's kind of a dick. Yeah. So LG and Stretch, they cover stories for their show, their their radio show. And they go to a chili cook-off in, in Dallas. Which is won by none other than Drayton Sawyer from the first movie, The Cook. Called that immediately. He's back. And they ask him his secret, and he's like, oh, it's just the meat. Can't skip on the meat. Drayton Sawyer, the man, the myth, the legend. What an amazing character. Ugh. He's so slimy. I love it. It's kind of like a used car salesman. Like, your your stereotypical used car salesman in every movie ever, except he's peddling human flesh chili. So he's awesome, is what we're saying. Uh... Lefty, meanwhile, he goes out to a store and buys three chainsaws. Three of them. And he's testing them out on a log, and he's just smashing them into, into a log. And it's like, that's how you break your chainsaw, man. But who cares? And by the way, folks, don't do that. Nice gradual cuts with chainsaws, because kickback can kill you. 
Don't go play with chainsaws. Watch videos on YouTube about what kickback can do if you just hit even the slightest piece of metal and you and you ricochet backward. Chainsaws are not to be messed with like this. Chainsaws aren't toys. Chainsaws are not toys. So Stretch returns to the radio station and here's Lefty. And he wants her to play the tape on the air. And his reasoning, or what he tells her is, maybe this, you know, putting this in the air will create public interest put pressure on the authorities to help me out and we can solve these crimes. His real motivation is to use her as bait to draw the killers out. That's what he's actually doing. And it's it's very effective, but man, is he a dick. We need to talk about Lefty's goal here. His goal is not to survive this. No, absolutely He even not. says he doesn't fear death, and that's why he's ready for this. It's like he, he almost expects to die doing this, and he has no problem with that. But he aims to go down swinging and take out these killers with him. That's his goal. So it's a little hard to judge his actions. Also, he's insane. But Stretch finally agrees to do it, even though she thinks it's illegal, but she kind of finds a loophole, and she's like, well, it was a request. We have to play requests to justify putting it on the air. So she plays it on every hour, all night long. Drayton, he's uh, on his way home, and he gets a call from his family, who will, we'll, we'll meet them later. It's obviously not Leatherface, but it's another member of the Sawyer family about the tape. And he listens to the radio, he hears the, the call on the air, and almost crashes his car. And he's, like, banging his head against the steering wheel almost. Drayton, rule number 37, keep your eyes on the road. Yeah, I mean, no, no good can come of it. Yeah, you could easily crash and die there. And who's going to win those chili cook-offs anymore if you're dead, Drayton? Yeah, and who's going who's gonna to take care of your brothers and your grandpappy? Yeah. God Th- damn it! You got you got to think forward, you know. Yep. This is basically the '80s equivalent of texting and driving. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't beat your head against the steering wheel and drive. Yeah. Easy. So stretch. Uh, there at the end of their day, she ends the broadcast. Lefty had said he was going to meet up with them later, but he hasn't shown up yet. LG kind of asks stretch out to go get coffee, but you know she turns him down, and LG kind of leaves, a little pissed off about it, but. Uh, he goes to get some coffee. Well, Stretch stays at the station and waits for Lefty. Uh, she gets a call. No one on the other end. I've had, you know, dead calls before where, you know, it's nothing. But you made a good point. With what she's been playing on the air all night long, maybe that should be a sign like, whoa, maybe I should be on my guard a little bit. Yeah, and I, and I kind of brought up the conversation as I wonder how many dead callers that radio DJs get. Yeah. I'm guessing it's quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a normal everyday thing, especially a, a request station where it's run on people who call in. But n- no, you've been playing some pretty, uh, <clears throat> we'll call it non-traditional. Uh, heinous. Heinous tracks this day. Deadline, and it doesn't go you know, to dial tone immediately, is probably a sign that you're in a horror movie. Yeah, I mean... It would just make me like a little bit like that was weird, but I, I don't want to go all the way and say rule number one stretch. I'm not there yet. Because a rational person will talk themselves out of being paranoid. They'll say, yeah. oh, I'm just being paranoid. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't really want to be at a radio station alone in case, you know, they came to get me, you know, for playing this. Or at the very least have some sort of weapon with me. And she doesn't have that. Rule number five is lock and load. But there's no danger yet. Yeah. I, I mean, and she obviously didn't think this far ahead. Yeah. She didn't think enough. Yeah, that, yes, that's, that's true. But the next thing should put her in a horror movie, because she hears a weird noise downstairs. Now, rule number one, stretch, you might be in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's not confirmed, but there's enough going on where it's like, okay, 
yeah, you, you know, you're on the upper floor of this building. You kind of have to go downstairs and investigate, but you should really bring a weapon with you, and she doesn't do that. Or lock the door and go call the cops. Sure. Or put out a distress distress call because, you know, you're a radio DJ. Like, hey, I need help here now. Yeah. And, you know, I don't hate that she didn't call him right away, and I, I don't hate that she went and investigated because oh, I've been fine with that before. Yeah. But if you're going to do it, have a weapon. That's number one there. And I'm just saying, like, be mindful. Yeah. It could be anything. You never know. But she goes downstairs, and we get to meet Shop Top, who is just the best. Played by Bill Mosley in an amazing, incredible performance. Derek, what are your thoughts on Shop Top? Unsettling. Oh, yeah. I mean, we know, the audience knows, so breaking the fourth wall, because we're kind of viewing this movie right now as third-person omniscient. Limited, I guess, because we know this guy-ish. We know his family. We know his motives. Yeah. He's got a coat hanger, and he's scratching skin off of his head, and he's eating it, and mm-hmm. he's lighting it on fire, so it's, it burns it and cooks it. Unsettling is um, is the only word. It's a good performance. I hate the movie. I hate everything about the movie, and I still give it a .5, but the performance is top-notch. Yeah. It, it, it's undeniable, and Chop Top is an unforgettable character. Yeah. Music is my life. God, he's so good. He is the twin brother of the hitchhiker from the first movie, and he was in Vietnam at the time of the first movie, so that's why he wasn't in it. But yeah, he's uh, the brother of Drayton and Leatherface, and my my favorite member of the Sawyer family. Weird stuff, man. He's so good. Yeah, he's trying to make it sound like he's there to buy some ad time, and he's like, oh, you want to take me on a tour? And Stretch is freaked out. She knows she's in a horror movie. She's so scared and on guard, so that's good. I wish she'd brought a weapon with her, though. Pretty much anything other than what she did, because she kind of descended the steps toward him as well. Yeah. Like, this this isn't a good plan. Especially, like, let's be realistic for a second. You're a woman. Alone. Alone. And there's a really creepy guy here. Yeah. Unless you're doing some crazy kind of CrossFit, that's a mismatch in any kind of physical altercation. Yeah. And especially because you're unarmed. And because... He knows his motives, and you don't know his motives. Yep. Puts you on the disadvantage, too. Information so, is yeah. half that battle, and you went down the steps. We have a rule about not going upstairs, but in this case, you should have stayed up these little stairs that you were on and just locked yourself in. Yeah, there's, a, there's you know, Obi-Wan says it best, you know, it's over. I have the high ground. You had the high ground, and you gave it up by going down the stairs stretch. Not a solid move. Yep. But uh, so far, she's acting like a rational human because she's saying like fine quick to her there's the exit door you know go to the exit and she's trying to get him out yeah i don't fault her for that i hate the decision to start this yeah but once she's down the steps she does the best she can once she's down there yeah because now now this is an underrated thing she does not take her eyes off him no not at all constant vigilance and she has it here we'll we'll give it like an eight and a half out of ten for constant vigilance. Yeah, guess of what happens at the end. But in t- as far as Chop Top goes, yeah, she does have constant it vigilance. D- doesn't, doesn't turn back, doesn't take eyes off. I mean, she is aware. But he's also putting on a bit of a show, yeah. too. He's luring her into position, and he's like, oh, what's that room? And it's the record vault. And, you know, they're standing next to it. And then Leatherface attacks out of nowhere with his chainsaw. Dare jumped about a mile. You know, I hate jump scares. <laughs> I hate them. I only like them when they serve the story. This one served the story, so I like this one. That's and that's fine. There's two or three in this movie, and all three of them serve the movie. And um, that and that's fair. It, this isn't like the the jump scare where it's the rat jumping out of the dumpster, or it's just some spooky ghost that just jumps in front of the camera, like in the Insidious movies, or your friend who puts their hand on your back. Yeah, you this, know. 
the character is scared alongside with you, and you know it's a jump scare on the character, not on the audience, which like is an important distinction. We're scared along with the character, which is what I like. The Leatherface attacks. It's great. He he misses Stretch, nicks Chop Top, knocks his wig off, and cuts his head a little bit. Uh, it turns out Chop Top's got a metal plate under his head, and that's what he's been scratching at this whole time. But Stretch, she has nowhere to go, because Chop Top is blocking the exit. He had specifically stationed himself there, so she couldn't go out that way. So, we we have this as a rule. From the very first Texas Chainsaw, actually, is Rule 15, don't run upstairs. Stretch has nowhere else to go. She doesn't have a choice. So this is not a rule violation, as far as I'm concerned. She is reacting. She's got milliseconds to react, and this is the best she can do, I think. Yeah, and this is... In a way, the same thing that Sally does. She runs up the stairs, which, you know, don't like that. But when you have no choice, yep. when you've got one option, you have to take that option. Otherwise, you're no longer in control. Yep. She gets to the stop of the stairs, and we think she's panicking because uh, she's just kind of standing there. And, like, oh, is she just freaking out? She's going to die. She freezes. And we have a rule. Rule number 10 is don't panic. So you assume she is. No, she's not. It's a trap. She grabs a fire extinguisher. She locked and loaded and just sprays it at Leatherface. It's pretty great. It's fine. I would never count on a fire extinguisher stopping anybody, but it stopped Leatherface and Michael Myers now, mm-hmm. and that's just from what I've seen. So apparently fire extinguishers, very effective. But then I don't know about this next move. Uh, I, I don't know if there's a better option, but she goes into the storage room, and normally that's horrible, but this is a giant metal door on it, and she shuts that and seals herself in. Now, we don't get a great view of this radio station, so maybe there was nowhere else for her to go. You know, there might not have been another way out. They are like four or five stories up at this point. Yeah, I would say three. You know, you know the, 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 their office is on the third floor. Yeah, their office is on the third floor, I think. And then the radio station itself is on the fourth floor. Maybe that's what it is. So, too high to jump out of it. If there is a window, it's too high to jump. Can't pull a Sally. You can't pull a Sally here. I wouldn't do that above a, you know, a third story and up is too much, I think, typically. I might chance that on a second story and that's it. If it was my last option, I'd think I'd still chance it on a third story before yep. I fight. Yeah, especially with somebody with a chainsaw. Yes. But she has a better option, potentially, and that's hiding in the storage room with a giant metal door. It's a possibly defendable position, mm-hmm. at least temporarily. You know, They could always set the building on fire, which is my biggest fear. <laughs> like, that sucks. That's how I do it. Yeah, that's the best way to go. You set it on fire, wait outside, wait for anybody to possibly get out, and you kill them there. Ugh. But they don't do that. This door is metal. Leatherface can't get through this door with his chainsaw. Solid. So it might have been her best option. I don't love it, but I I can't think of anything else. At least from the information we're given, I can't think of anything better for her to do at this point. Yeah, we we don't have schematics. Yeah. So from what we've seen, this was the best case scenario. Yep. Because we were kind of introduced to this metal door. We didn't, we, they didn't establish that it was a thing, but knowing that it is after it's done. Yeah. Well, she walked past it earlier in the movie. Sure. Yeah. So they established it existed. They didn't establish how solid it was, but that's fine. So LG returns, and he sees this weird pickup truck outside. And that should be weird enough, I think. And I think it does put him on edge a little bit, because he's like, why is this other random pickup truck here? Who's here? Did he know that Lefty was coming? He knew that Lefty was coming. So maybe that's what. And he might have assumed it was Lefty, but, you know, he does give it a weird look. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, So I, I think he is already a little bit on his guard when he walks in. Yeah, you know, if it's not rule one yet... It's about to be. You're in a movie. It's definitely in a movie. He goes inside, and there's Chop Top sitting in the, in the next room. <laughs> and then Chop Top yells at him, like, Lick my dog dick or something hilarious. But anyway, LG's yelling at him, and then Leatherface bursts through the door and knocks him down the stairs. 
you know, I think there's a little bit of rule number two constant vigilance here for LG. You know, he, he was focused on Chop Top, but he, you know, he, he let his, uh, he got distracted by Chop Top and Leatherface got the jump on him. It, it's it's a, a minor violation at best, I think. It's a minor violation at best, but it's almost like, I, I don't know the exact rule, but when you are uh, like a law enforcement officer, you're never supposed to assume that uh, a perp is alone. Yeah. Until the situation is truly under control. You know, I'm not expecting everyone to think like a law enforcement officer here, but, you know, if there would have been a little bit more foresight there, like, okay, you know, it's not like they showed up on a bicycle where there's only one person who can ride a bicycle. Right. This, is a, this is a truck. There might have been more to see. But, like you said, this is minor at best. Yeah. I mean, because ultimately he doesn't really know what's going on. You and know, I'd get one look at Chop Top and I certainly wouldn't be cursing at him. I would probably dip out right then. I'd just see the guy and be like, yeah, nope, sorry. No one to cut ties. Yeah. Goodbye, Stretch. I'm going to go call the cops. I'm out of here. I've had enough. I don't get paid enough for this. I'm a radio DJ. Yeah, exactly. He didn't even have enough time to do it, but it, like this is enough for me to get out. But he, you know, very, very quick. He didn't have much time to react. Yeah. That's why I say no violation here. Yeah. There's a better move, but yeah, uh, it's hard. Chopped Up is a very distracting person. I, I don't really hold, you know, it's all like a minor violation at best. Uh, I feel really bad for LG. Yeah. He gets it rough. So Leatherface knocks him down the stairs, and before he can do anything, Chop Top is hitting him in the head with a hammer. There was no reaction time. And he hits him over and over and over and over and over. I lost count how many times he gets hit. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And he doesn't die here, but he's as good as dead. He's mortally injured, I'd say, probably. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll talk about him more later, but it's over for him. So Mm -hmm. the only real criticism I'm going to level at him is this minor, minor, minor constant vigilance. Yeah. I feel really bad for him. And even then, he might not have gotten the way. He might not have. Even though Leatherface is pretty clumsy, and Chop Top is the attention span of a half-eaten peanut. Yep. So. But LG doesn't strike me as the type of guy to run, because he cares about Stretch. So, I think he might have tried to fight, maybe. Yeah. So, I, I don't think he would have got out of there, but maybe he would have. Maybe. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about him more later, because he's not dead yet. Oh, so back upstairs, uh, Stretch gets this hook thing as a weapon. So, she's finally locked and loaded. That's great. I don't know what it was, but it was some metal hook-looking device. Yeah, I don't know. It's sharp. It's sharp. Sticking with the pointy end. But Leatherface decides to come through the wall instead of the door, which is, you called it, but it's like, it's kind of clever. It's like, this dude's a moron. But okay, that's funny. He chops chops through the wall and comes in. And then we get what might be the weirdest thing that's ever been filmed. Oh. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Oh. Uh, (laughs) So Leatherface comes out stretch but stops because he has the hots for her. And then what we have is a very uncomfortable sequence where he's rubbing his chainsaw up on against her inner thigh, and she's, like, kind of flirting with him. She's scared to death, but she's kind of talking sensually to him because she, she gets it. She immediately figures out what's going on, to her credit. It's weird, and it's uncomfortable. And for some context, the first time I ever watched this movie, I was, I want to say I just graduated eighth grade. Uh, it was it was the summer before ninth grade, and I was on a road trip with my family, and we're like driving through the middle of nowhere, and I'm sitting in the back seat with a portable DVD player, and this is the first time I'm watching this movie, and this scene is happening, and this whole movie is bonkers, insane, but I'm just watching this like, what? And yeah, I I don't know if my parents ever caught my reflection in the rearview mirror, but if they did, I'm sure you know they were like, what is he watching? In fairness, if your parents would have been watching me, they'd have been. What is he watching? Is Derek okay? (laughs) 
It was. He looks upset. Oh my gosh. It's and, so weird. And and here's the thing. Yeah, like, okay, within the confines of this universe, within the rules that have been established, fine. Good on her for figuring this out and relying on one really throwaway comment from Dennis Hopper earlier in the movie about how they run on fear. And so she wants to try and not show fear, you know, anything but fear, even though she does a horrible job yeah. at this because she screams for about 10 minutes straight leading up to this. In this way, this podcast is superior to this movie because she screams a lot. Yo. She's got a set of lungs on her, and I don't mean that in some sort of weird way, but just... Literally she, screaming. She's screaming the whole time, just in utter horror. But, but it works. Yeah, I guess rule, rule number 17. 17. Never give up. The next thing you try might work. Oh. Flirting with the killer might, might work. You never know. And, you know, she's very lucky Leatherface didn't just immediately kill her when he came into the room. And she honestly should have died here, but it worked. You know, the difference being, maybe this could have happened in the first movie, but people were trespassing, and he was protecting the sure. house. He was a trespasser this that's time. That's true, that's true. So he's out of his element a little bit, at least from what we've seen. We don't know how much he gets out. And Caroline Williams is very pretty. So, you know, good on her, I suppose, yep. for, for this. Because the next part, again, is is really weird, but, you know, you get a sense for what's going on. Uh, Leatherface takes his chainsaw and he goes and chops up the whole studio and then just kind of leaves her behind. Yeah, it makes it kind of fakes her death. Yeah, like there's there's a ruckus going on in here. Like things are breaking and there was a kerfuffle. Yep. And he goes downstairs and is like, "Yo, yeah, I killed her." I mean, he doesn't talk, but he lets Chop Top say it for him. Did you did you get her? Yeah. And he I, just nods a lot. He just nods like I, she's dead. And they take LG's body and they leave. Great stretch. Leave the movie. Don't, don't go after him. Because uh, Stretch doesn't know they have LG. She has no idea. So it's not like she's going on a rescue mission. Yeah, and you know like what? I think this might be my least favorite rule violation of this whole movie. It's 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 not great. It's There's a worse one, though. There might... Okay, there might be a worse one, but... Oh... She follows them. She follows them. You just escaped... I don't even know this indescribable, never been filmed again, never was filmed before moment. Get in your Jeep and drive elsewhere to yep. Maine. I hear they got good lobster. That's not what I was going to say. I was going to say, call the cops. Get the license plate. That's fine. Call the cops. Boom. But she doesn't want them to escape. For whatever reason, she's determined to do something great and catch them. This is stupid. Don't do this. I don't even know what this rule is. This is a rule violation. Don't be stupid. Well, no, it's, it's rule 12. Wait for backup. Absolutely. Yeah, this is, you know, wait for backup. In fact, have the backup do it and don't do it yourself. Or at the very, very least, if you're going to do this, call the cops. Tell them what happened. I mean, I guess it, you would be able to follow them that way. So it's not like you could call the cops and then go after them because they'd be gone. But at that point, you don't put your own life on the line. You Give them descriptions, and you send the cops after them. You, we have your survivor. Keep it that way. Especially because, I mean, to me, like, yeah, we're always judging characters on their motives, right? Yeah. But I don't think she has a good enough reason to follow them. It's not developed enough. I'll agree with that. She should not follow them. There isn't a good enough reason. You know, if she, if, if she knew they had LG, that's better. Maybe. Still don't do it, but that's, that's at least better than what we're ultimately given. I do think that is a problem with the movie. Is the stretch motive isn't good enough. 
stop because because her motive is she wants to not be just a you know lowly radio DJ anymore. She wants to be in the big leagues. Yep, exactly. And this she thinks this story will get her there. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. So she follows them, and they arrive at an abandoned theme park called Texas Battleland. I'm not 100% sure what all this was, but I, I don't know what the attractions were. I, I have no idea. It's just a ruin, basically. Yeah. So Stretch parks her car, and she's following on foot so as not to get caught. Another car pulls up right behind her and chases her around. And, you know, at first, it's great because she jumps into, like, this this weird tunnel. Yeah. You know, the, there's obstacles. Yeah, made of metal. But then a little bit later on, she's there's there's plenty of gaps in this tunnel, but not big enough for a car to drive through. And as she's running away, she sees the truck up in front of her that uh, Leatherface and Chop Top are in. And then the car, the, the second car, is behind her, and she's trapped. Except you could run sideways either way to get away. Yeah, like, that is rule number twenty-seven. Don't run in a straight line. Spread out! It'll confuse him. And, Run sideways. And, like, I I just want to pull this movie into our universe, with our rules, for just a second. She gets out of her vehicle to turn off the light so she can follow undetected. But then the car ends up pulling up right behind the truck in a straight line in the tunnel. And, yeah, we know that uh, Leatherface and Chop Top are, you know, a, a couple of screws shy of a wardrobe set here. But, so you're telling me the whole thing was for nothing? Also... Lefty, you see this girl running away from you, and you don't think for a second, hmm, that might be Stretch. Maybe I should announce myself something, like flash the lights. Don't chase her menacingly around in the car. Lefty, don't be a menace, rule number four. Yeah. Don't scare her. Yeah, you're doing nothing good. And then, again, going back to Stretch, don't run in a straight line. You know, use your environment because... At first she does. Yeah, because like, you know, yeah, we just said earlier, you can use your car as a weapon. So she is, you know, assuming that her adversary is using the car as a weapon. Mm -hmm. But this car is severely limited to what it can do. And you've got all the options in the world. So jumping back into the universe, this was just a really ridiculous scene and a very tough one for me to swallow. Yeah, but Lefty eventually gets out of the car and... It's like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. And then she falls through a trap door, conveniently. Whatever. I don't know what to say about this, but she, she manages to, like, grab a branch, and Lefty grabs her with a, using a skeleton arm to, like, pull her up. But uh, he admits that he was using her as bait. <laughs> Take move, Lefty. But I was using you as bait, but don't worry, I'm here now. It was, I'm it was here effective. Now. It was effective. He knows where they are now. Lefty has achieved his goal so far. I'm not wrong. You're not wrong, but, like, okay, he's trying to help her up with a skeleton arm. Yeah, that works zero out yeah, of Yeah, I mean, she, she falls down into the amusement park. Okay. And and this was a really funny moment because you can tell they just filmed her falling down the same, like, two-foot shaft ten times. Oh, minimum. <laughs> they probably filmed it more than that. Yeah, and it was, hilarious. It, it, it was a little funny. But that's more from like a cinematography movie magic standpoint, not because of what's happening. Though I did enjoy watching Stretch tumble and get hurt because she needs to pay for her idiocy. <laughs> she screams a lot as she falls. And you know, it's hard to control that. But at the same time, rule number 26, don't give away your position. Fortunately for her, this doesn't give away her position, but it easily could have. She's very lucky. Very. And she ends up getting knocked out after she, as she hits the ground. A lefty 
kind of assumes she's dead. But so he just goes and grabs his chainsaws and charges into the amusement park, screaming his head off. Rule number twenty six: Don't give away your position, Lefty. I don't have words. We've abandoned logic. We left it back, not even at the radio station. I'm not even sure where we left logic at this one. Rule number 12, wait for backup. Lefty should have called in some backup for this one. <sighs> it's it's not great. Fucking Lefty, I love it. So he immediately finds like a wall full of body parts and decides he needs to tear the place down. So he just starts chainsawing the, the sport beams. While shouting. While shouting. That's basically all he's going to do until the third act of the movie is just he's it, we get a bunch of just close-ups of him chainsawing stuff down that's it yeah he gets one scene that isn't that until the third act it's crazy uh so stretch wakes up in a room full of bodies kind of like the butcher shop area she hides out cause she hears the voices of the, the three guys outside and leatherface enters and starts skinning lg who's still in there just ripping pieces of skin off good stuff even cuts off LJ, uh, LG's face, which is nice. Stretch gives away her position, rule number 26, by knocking over a crowbar. Luckily for her, it's just Leatherface. The other two aren't around here. But... Stretch, you're useless. Stretch, you should have grabbed this crowbar and maybe started wailing. Lock and load, rule five. A- anything. You're so useless and you're doing yourself no favors. You are alive, as Ryan likes to say, through no fault of your own. Yep, Definitely. So she she begs Leatherface not to kill her, and he likes her, so he doesn't want to kill her. And he decides to help hide her. And he does this by putting LG's skin face over hers, and then putting his hat on top of her to hold it in place, so she just looks kind of like a corpse. And that's to hide her. But he also wants to dance with her while she's like this. So they dance. Yeah, that might be my favorite scene of the movie. It is so grotesque, but it is so funny. It's no. It is just sick, but it's hilarious. Ryan, there's something wrong with you. That's fine. That is totally okay. Um, I love this scene because it's so fucking hysterically funny and so messed up. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. (laughs) I can honestly say I've never seen anything like it, and I can do without ever seeing anything like it. Fucking love it. Ugh. So part of the room collapses because Lefty, you know, doing his thing. So Leatherface is like, oh, I got to go help whatever, whatever this is. So he ties her up and it's like, I'll be back later. Okay, bye. And locks her in or shuts the door on her. So she's she's tied up and trapped with LG's face on her own. It's so sick. <laughs> but LG's still alive. And he gets up. And he's pretty loud getting up. And luckily nobody hears him. Can you blame the guy at this point? He's missing, like, his face in several patches of skin. I can't blame the guy for yelling at all. Because he, he's dying. He's playing with house money. Yeah. And he's pretty calm. And he ends up getting a knife and cutting her free. And basically saves her life. You know, rule 17, never give up. The next thing you try might work. It's not going to work for LG because he's toast. But he saves Stretch's life. You know, he he gets he cuts her free and gets her out. So And then he dies. You know, and... And, you know, it's not a rule, but I know that I've said it as a guest on here before, but, like, do what you can do while you can do it. Mm-hmm. Whenever you still have a choice to make, take that opportunity, because in a horror movie, you never know when you run out of choices. Sometimes it's just following the the hole down. You know, it's like you're in an ant farm, you know, and you've got all these tunnels, and you're not sure where they're going to link up, where they're going to meet, and if there's even a way out. But you got to keep taking tunnels, even if you don't know where they lead. Mm-hmm. LG knew that he was done for. He knows. But 
he saved somebody he cared about. That's really admirable. Yeah, so he did what he could do while yeah. he could. You're telling me you don't like LG? LG's fine. Okay. He's, he's, he's fine. He was dealt a pretty tough hand. He built her a house of french fries. That was adorable. The house of french fries. Not the fact that he had a crush on her. It was a little creepy, but... A little bit, but, you know, Stretch did care about him. And, then it, it's, and it was, a, it's a sweet moment for them at the end. And it was it's, more of like a harmless thing, yeah. where it's like... He's friend-zoned. She cares about him a lot, but she's like, yeah, no, never going to happen. Yeah. And it's, it's it's a sad story, but, you know, you felt something. There's something there. The tragic hero. Tragic hero, LG. Rip. Take a shot for LG. His fatal flaw was that he got skinned. Uh, so Drayton, Chop Top, and Leatherface, they're trying to investigate the collapse, and they're running around being completely insane, babbling like lunatics. And Stretch tries to sneak around stealthily and gets... Very lucky multiple times that she isn't spotted. But eventually she is spotted. She freezes a lot in this escape attempt. Rule 10, don't panic. Keep moving. Get out. Just get away from these guys. Like, well, I, I get you don't know the way out, but just move. It's like the ant farm. or the Yeah, it's the ant farm thing. Yeah. Just get away from them for a while. And here's the other thing. You know you're underground. Just go up. Go up. Go up. I mean, this is a video game rule. If you go down into a dungeon in Skyrim... You go up to get out. Just mm-hmm. keep following the tunnels up. It's at least move. At least you'll get somewhere else. But I want to go back to how she gets spotted. She screams again when some lights pop near her because Lefty is sawing lights down mm-hmm. and causes a breaker switch to pop. And she screams. And then Chop Top's like, what, what was that? Well, and he goes up to investigate. And she goes into a pipe, which is not the place to be in. She panics and goes into this pipe. And then she escapes the pipe, and she gets spotted as she's moving into another pipe. So it's a couple of series of events. So she draws attention to her location, and then you know panics. It's not good. It's very bad. So they send Leatherface after her. He was like, "I don't want to go. Out. I didn't see anything. What are you talking about?" I'm like, no, go get her. Uh, yeah, we're here now. <laughs> yeah. So Lefty finds Franklin's body, uh, his nephew from the first movie, who was the winner of the, uh, Randy Meeks Merit Badge, surprisingly, for that movie. So we have a, you know, an emotional moment for Lefty. He confirmed Franklin is dead. That sucks. And I, I think he's pretty good here. I think he, you know, I, I can feel the emotions coming from Dennis Hopper. He's fine. Yeah. And then he continues on his rampage, more pissed off than ever. <laughs> Respect. Still just chainsawing every beam and every support along the way. Yep. So Stretch is lost and slow as hell. Rule number 28. Run, bitch, run! Run, bitch, run! And the whole thing is just awful because she keeps stopping and looking around. Like you say, you said it earlier, she keeps freezing. Yep. Like she stops trying to decide what to do. Well, guess what? The ant farm, this is a literal ant farm. Holes and tunnels everywhere. I have no idea what this place was. It's got to be some kind of abandoned mine shaft. I don't know what's going on anymore. It's confusing. doesn't make much sense. But just keep going up. Pick a tunnel. If it's a dead end, at least you made your decision. And if it's completely even, just pick one. Just yeah. pick one. There is a way out of here. We know this. Yeah. Find it. Multiple. Who knows? Standing still is not going to find you the way out. No. And thinking about it for too long isn't going to keep you alive. No, it is not. She goes one direction, and then she hears a chance up ahead. And it turns out it was just Lefty. That's just bad luck. And she turns around and goes the other way. I can't fault her for that. She doesn't know Lefty had chainsaws. I can't either. It was just frustrating as an audience member. I mean, it was kind of funny for me. Like, I get it. I'm already just like, good lord. Stretch, you're useless. And this is, like, you know what this is? 
This is this is uh, the the troublemaker at school, who gets blamed for something that they didn't do, but history says that the teacher isn't going to take it easy on him. Yeah. I am not taking it easy on you. I feel I don't feel bad for you that this happens because you have made so many bad decisions to this point that you know what. This is this is what your bad decisions have yielded. These are the crops that you sow. This, mm. so. But that being said, I don't blame her. No. But if she died because of it, and then we were having a conversation in the afterlife, <laughs> I'd be like, let's be real though. You did this to yourself. You played yourself. <laughs> so she ends up going the other way and runs into Leatherface, of course. And so she's running back the opposite direction. Leatherface is chasing her. And she sees Lefty up ahead, chainsaw, and part of the roof collapses and blocks her escape. So nothing you could do about that. That's just Lefty doing his thing. So she's trapped now. she got nowhere to go. Leatherface is there. So she goes to her old standby. She's like, please let me go. And before Leatherface can I want to see other people. <laughs> yeah, she's like, this isn't working out. It's a rom-com. This movie's a rom-com. That part was funny, but we're about to get uncomfortable again. Yeah, because Drayton and Chop Top show up. My other favorite sequence of this movie. I actually showed this sequence to my film professors when during my senior thesis project. They, they, I don't know if they knew what to think about this. But basically, they kind of realized Leatherface lied about killing her and that he's got a crush on her. And so Chop Top's dancing around going, Bubba's got a girlfriend, Bubba's got a girlfriend. That's his nickname for her. And it's hysterical. Drayton's like, I don't want to mess with that sex. Yeah, one choice. It's sex or the saw. Sex? Well, nobody knows what that is, but saw is family. It's amazing. And Leatherface is just like so embarrassed. Like, oh, I'm sorry about my family. I know they're lame and weird. <laughs> He's just like hitting his head against a birdcage in frustration. <laughs> Stretch is just freaking out. It's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, I, I'm so happy that this is right in your wheelhouse. Oh, it's so much in my wheelhouse. It ends up uh, they're going to take her to dinner. And Chop Top knocks her out with a bone. And at this point, she was screwed. She didn't have anything she could do here. She I mean, maybe grab a rock and try and do something. She was... Th- it's two to one, even without Leatherface. She was screwed. I-, I think at this point, nothing she could do. But, I mean, you gotta, you gotta fight. I yeah. mean, if... I mean... We need to pull ourselves out for a second. We have a rule. Don't let yourself get, any, get taken to a second location. It's true. So you gotta, you gotta fight until there's nothing left That's in you. That's a good point. So... I'm I'm not happy that she didn't at least pick up a rock and throw something. Like I mean, sure. you know, we we we've seen characters do this in the past where they're just a horrible shot. You know, they're not athletes. Yep. But you got to do something. You got to do something. You have a good point. Rule thirty eight is don't let yourself get taken to a secondary location. What's the worst that's gonna happen? You're gonna die again. Yes. So you have a good point. Yeah. And, and I guarantee you, whatever happens to you is going to be worse than whatever death you'd have suffered at that moment. Rule 17, never give up. The next thing you try might work. She does kind of give up here. So you have a good point, but I think she was still screwed. Oh, I, yeah. I don't I don't blame her for the result. Yeah. But you got to try. So Stretch wakes up at the dinner table, and we kind of get a, a redux of the classic dinner sequence from the first movie. Basically it's, beat for beat. Beat for beat's the same thing. She's still screaming. Leatherface doesn't want to kill her this time, though. But eventually, you know, they bring Grandpa down. They're going to hit her in the head with a hammer again. And eventually, Leatherface chooses family over Stretch. So he helps hold her down over the bucket. And they give Grandpa the hammer. And he actually lands, like, two blows this time before Drayton takes over and hits her and knocks her out. It's pretty brutal, that his hit. Straight up, thought she was dead. I was kind of hoping for it. <laughs> I was kind of hoping for it. 
But yeah, it, it had a little bit of, uh, what was it, uh, Ready or Not? It had a little bit with Leatherface choosing family. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you've seen Ready or Not. Yep. Yeah, similar themes between this movie and Ready or Not. Similar. With that uh, choosing between love and family. Yeah. Uh, you know, the uh, blood versus water. Blood versus water. But then, before they can finish off Stretch, we have the greatest entrance possibly ever captured on film with Lefty singing a song and jumping into the room. Boys, boys, boys. <laughs> it's so epic. He's got his chainsaws ready. He's pointing them at him. Oh, it's it's just great. And then Dayton is trying to, you know, bribe him. Yep. He thinks he's a, a rival from a rival, like, uh, a barbecue company or whatever, and he's trying to pay him off. And he's like, yeah, who sent you? And <laughs> Lefty goes, I'm the Lord of the Harvest. Drayton goes, who's that? Some new health food bunch? <laughs> so good. <sighs> Lefty does not accept the bribe. And he attacks with the chainsaw. And he injures Drayton and gets him right in the butt with the chainsaw. And then he cuts for Stretch free. And it's like, Ron, get out of here. And he proceeds to have a chainsaw duel with Leatherface. So remember the one redeeming quality I alluded to? This is it. This was an hour and 25 minutes in the making. We'll, we'll say an hour 20. Sure. My gosh. But this was fun. This was fun. It was absolutely hysterical. Because he's armed with... He, he's armed to the teeth mm-hmm. with chainsaws. And he's fighting Leatherface with just head, head to head. Like... Mano y mano. Like, this is a duel of the fates. I mean, come on. this You'd have to be a complete whack job not to enjoy this small, minute, microscopic part of this movie. I, I looked over at Derek's face during this, and he looked miserable watching it. And I'm like, how can you be miserable watching a chainsaw duel? I, you know, I, I was miserable in general. That's why I said, like, the buildup was too long. You know what? I think this movie should have opened up. Uh, with uh, Dennis Hopper covering, like, I bet you're wondering how I got here. Just, you know, <laughs> chainsaw fighting Leatherface and then be like, well, let's rewind. And then go... And just, it all started three days ago. And then, boom, lead into the story. Then I knew at that point that there's something I'm looking forward to. But instead, I had to wait an hour and 20 and I had no idea it was coming. Man, it was, this was fun. It's this an was- awesome duel. And Lefty ends up ramming his chainsaw straight into Leatherface's gut. And Leatherface keeps fighting. He's got a chainsaw through his gut, sticking out the back. He's still swinging his chainsaw, so Lefty's got to take out his two smaller chainsaws. It's pure insanity. Meanwhile, Grandpa's picked up the mallet, and he's going to try and hit Lefty with it. And yep. Drayton has pulled out a grenade yep. uh, out of his uh, younger brother's corpse. Yep. Chopsaw's chasing Stretch out of the tunnels because she's finally learning, like, up. Go yep. up. Oh. Yeah, so Stretch, we'll, we'll, this they cut back and forth a lot here. Um, we're not going to do that. So Stretch and Chop Top run off. So we'll just focus on this story, and then we'll go back to yeah. Stretch and Chop Top, just for simplicity's sake. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a great duel. Drayton is injured. He's hiding under the table. And he's like, you know what? I guess this is the end. I'm probably going to die. Whatever. I guess this is it. I'll tear it all down myself. And he pulls a grenade out of the corpse of uh, the hitchhiker from the first movie. And nobody, you know, Lefty doesn't know he has this. He doesn't see this because he's busy dueling Leatherface. Grandpa finally has the energy to get up and picks up his hammer. And he throws it at Lefty and misses and hits Leatherface in the head. Leatherface falls over. His chainsaw goes into the table and it hits Drayton, who had already pulled the pin on the grenade. 
but the chainsaw causes him to drop it, which blows up and kills all four of them. Presumably. We don't we don't see... It, it's all off screen. Yeah, but the canon is they're all dead. Sure. So we lose all four of them here. Basically, for Leatherface, Grandpa, and Drayton, don't be a menace. Yeah. Yeah, rule number four is don't be a menace. And that's what ends up, you know... If they hadn't been killing and butchering people, they wouldn't be in this situation. That's about it, I think. Yeah, and the only thing I can think of for Lefty, and this is this is a minor one, it's like, never assume you're safe. Yeah, yeah, he definitely assumes he's safe. Because he, he does a little celebratory raises the chainsaw. Yep, uh, that is rule number 33. There was no way to anticipate a grenade being in the mix. And even if he had assumed he was, if he'd been still like on the guard, like ready to go... He still would have died there, I think. It was a pretty tough situation all yeah. around. Like, he made a mistake, but I don't think... Even if he hadn't made a mistake, I still think he would have died. I agree that the the outcome is probably the same. So, ultimately, for Lefty, he just needed some backup. I think if he brought in backup, you know, maybe they could have just shot them, and then they done. And I don't even know if we mentioned this, but, like, Lefty, don't be a menace. Don't use people as bait. Yeah, that's that, true. That's, that's not cool, man. Granted, you know, he succeeded in his goals to a T. Yeah. So credit where credit's due. Yeah, he said that he was willing to die for this, and you know he does. He does, and he stops most of the family in his actions. The only one that he didn't accidentally take out is Chop Top. He avenged Franklin at the very least. Yeah, Leatherface is, is gone in this timeline. Kind of, it's confusing. Don't ask. Multiverse. Yep. So Chop Top chases Stretch, and we get a couple of like short fights between them, where Stretch is finally not useless. Or she's, she's fighting back. She's kicking him. This is actually kind of cool. She takes a lamp and, like, electrocutes him. Like, shoves it into his metal plate. The problem is, you got to double tap. Rule number six is double tap stretch. You get chopped up down on the ground, just finish him off. He's got a knife. He's got a knife. Take it from him and stab him to death. Double tap. Eventually, she climbs out of the building up into this tower that kind of is above the rest of the amusement park. And she kicks him off as he climbs up. But he grabs onto uh, a broken railing, so he's, like, dangling on. Kick him again. Kick him off and get rid of him for a while. That might that fall might not kill him, but... It buys you some time. Buys you some time. But anyway, she gets to the top of the tower and she finds the corpse of great-grandma in there. And she's got a chainsaw on her lap. And Chop Top gets up there, too. And she takes the chainsaw, which distracts Chop Top. He's devastated that she desecrated the corpse of his great-grandma. Cool. you got enough time to start starting the chainsaw. That's great. But it doesn't start right away, so he starts stabbing her and slicing up her back. Just slicing. At this point, you just use it as a blunt instrument and just beat him with it. Do something. Yeah. What is this rule? I think it's rule 22, take the shot. You can't wait. You have to take the shot you have. You know, this thing might not start up. You have to take the shot you have at the time you have. Start beating him with it. Maybe you can knock him out of the tower that way. Whatever, you know... Don't you don't want to get hit with a, a chainsaw that isn't moving either? They're heavy, you know. Just take the shot when you have it. She's very lucky that she's able to get it started. But if she hadn't, she'd be dead again by no fault of her own. Yep, she's still alive. But eventually, she gets it started and she slices up Chop Top pretty good and knocks him out of the tower to his death. And then she does a dance with the chainsaw like Leatherface did at the end of the first movie. And that is the end of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. So for Chop Top, real quick, you know, again, it's just don't be a menace. And like take the shot. Yeah, he had to take the shot too because he does a lot of little slices. He doesn't finish her off. He's just he's kind of playing around a little bit. Yeah, and some it's almost double tapping too because he had plenty of opportunities here. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't play with your food. 
<laughs> Literally, don't play with your food. Uh, um, I guess the other thing is 29 is no half measures. Yeah. You know, he they obviously wanted her for something a little bit more elaborate. Just fucking kill her. You know, you don't need grandpa to come beat her head and just finish her off. You know, this is, you've done this twice now. Both times they've gotten away, and both times they have caused the death of at least one person in the family. And in fairness, he wasn't there for the first time. It's true. But they probably do this. Yeah, you know, it's just on all of them, I guess. No half measures, finish them off. No more half measures, Walter. Now, you have the opportunity. You have them tied to a table. Just cut their head off and be done with it. You don't need to do this elaborate kill. You Don't, don't be a James Bond villain. But yeah, that, that's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. So, we have one new rule that we added for this movie, and that was Rule 39. Use your car as a weapon. Derek, you like that rule? Yeah. This one comes up enough. We've seen plenty of instances where cars have been used as weapons, and this might be not maybe the first time, but the, the clearest example of what can happen when you don't. You know, maybe it's just something that we take for granted. We say, run them over, and they do. Yeah. This time, they didn't. Not at all. Could have run them off the road, they didn't, and they'd paid for it. So let's get into the awards. First we have the Randy Meeks Merit Badge, which goes to the character who's the best job at following the rules of surviving the movie. And this is based off Randy Meeks from Scream, who is the best movie character of all time, and created his own list of rules on how to survive horror movies. It's kind of the inspiration for this podcast. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Derek, do you have a nomination for the Randy Meeks Merit Badge? Lefty. Yeah. I think it has to be lefty, almost by default. It is by default. There's no one else. There, there really isn't anybody else. The only other person I think you could throw in there is LG, but he doesn't really get an opportunity to do anything. And it's just like, he died a noble death. <laughs> so we give it to him. But no, I think lefty, it's gotta be. Because, I mean, he went in prepared. Like, yeah, you know, in, in terms of surviving the horror movie, he's willingly entering the horror movie. So, you know, it's... In a normal situation, in a movie where maybe logic dictates character decisions <laughs> a little bit more, you know, that would be a knock against him because that is not a reasonable thing to get you from beginning to end. And obviously Lefty does not make it. Yep. But he went in prepared. He had a plan. He fought. He took the shot. He ended up winning. Yep. You know, it was... Uh, basically some Call of Duty perk that ended up taking him out. I mean, you know, it, it, it's lefty because there's nobody else. Yeah, he's the only one who's somewhat competent. You know, he's crazy, and he makes his fair share of mistakes, and he's kind of a dick, but ultimately he succeeds in his goal, and his death wasn't really totally his fault. It was like, there's not much he could have done to avoid that besides not go into the horror movie in the first place. Yes, Apart from that, there isn't much he could have done to avoid it. Like, once he was there, he was kind of screwed. But yeah, I agree. Lefty is the winner of the Randy Meeks Merit Badge. Just like his nephew before him. Didn't survive the movie, but still won the award. Must run in the family. Must, must run in the family. And so that brings us to the Night of the Living Pleb Award, which is based off Barbara, Night of the Living Dead, who's just the worst character ever and is utterly useless. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant! They're coming for you, Barbara. We have a couple of those around here this time. Uh, so who is your nomination? The Stretch. Okay, here's why I don't think it's Stretch. She does a couple of things right throughout the film. A few, very, very few. Whereas Buzz does not. Buzz and Rick at the very beginning of the movie are just trash, driving drunk, driving like idiots, just being the worst. They had a couple of outs here that could have run them off the road, and they could have survived this. Them playing chicken, them shooting stuff on the side of the road, them harassing Stretch, them driving drunk. I want to give it... Between the two, Rick at least does take a shot. 
at Leatherface, and if it wasn't for the costume he was wearing of the other corpse, it should have succeeded. So I think Buzz is worse than Rick by just a slight margin, but I'm thinking Buzz because he does literally nothing right in the entire movie, and he make it's not like one of those characters who makes one mistake and dies. He makes multiple, multiple, multiple mistakes in very rapid succession and then dies. And you know, I, I couldn't take that away from you. We've given the Night of the Living Club to many a character that die quickly. I mean, we did it with Halloween with the people at the beginning of the movie who let Michael Myers escape because they didn't do their job. Yeah. You know? The reason that I nominate Stretch is because it was infuriating how many times she survived despite herself. It's true. And I think ultimately I, I agree with you, but Stretch did herself zero favors in this whole movie even at the end the only reason she survived is because chop top was so busy slashing that he didn't stab yep you know it really is the shining example of stumbling across the finish line mm-hmm. if she's driving a race car it's got no wheels no roof and is still sliding upside down she doesn't win this race no she just crosses the finish line like she's... the end of Talladega Nights she... <laughs> Cars wrecked, but they still made it. Yes. She is my least favorite final girl of all time, of all these movies I've seen, because she makes zero competent decisions in the whole movie. Okay, she she does do that thing where she uh, uses the fire extinguisher on Leatherface, which is pretty cool. That's one. That, that's one. And yes, she also figures out that Leatherface has a crush on her. That's one and a half for me. Sure, sure. So that's why I have a hard time with it. I do think you're right, though. If we're talking about the people who did themselves absolutely no favors mm-hmm. and put themselves in a position to die, it's going to be buzz on that one. But yeah, I just wanted to. I really just wanted to vent about stretch at the end of this movie, and it that's was, fair. And if I think getting Buzz and Rick had made maybe just like one mistake, if they had just done the chicken thing, and then that was it. But the fact that they were drinking and driving and shooting at stuff, and just doing all of this stuff, it wasn't just one scene of them being awful. It was two. <laughs> and then we wrote a rule for their eighties. And then we wrote a rule for them. And stretch, terrible. F. F. If we're giving a report card, she absolutely gets an F. We did percentages. It'd be less than 15%, like, positive. Yeah. You know, of like, right or wrong, she'd get less than 15% right. But Buzz gets a zero. <laughs> Buzz gets an absolute zero. You know, a smaller sample size, but I think it's big enough to warrant him winning the Night of the Living Club Award. And Buzz is not so living anymore. And I like that his name is Buzz and he gets Buzz. Ha! That's buzz. probably why. Talk about a buzz cut. Oh, <laughs> I got no words. That's a joke I would tell. I'm impressed. <laughs> so, Derek, the question on everybody's mind is: you've called yourself a completionist, and you're completing the Halloween series. You said you're going to complete the Children of the Corn series. So, my question for you is: Do you have any intention of completing the Texas Chance on Massacre series? No. Oh, okay. No. I would say almost the same rating that I gave this movie, but I did end up not giving it a zero. But 0% chance I follow you on this trip all the way through to completion. Skyrim, there's simply too many missions and too much (laughs) DLC out there to be a 100% completionist. So I'm not a complete hypocrite. But no, this, this movie has me absolutely cold on this series. And just hearing from you that this is your second favorite of eight movies... No. Yeah, in my opinion, you've seen the best two already. Shudders. Shudders. You, you don't even want to watch three for Viggo Mortensen? No. I'll or just go. Four for Matthew McConaughey? No. 
Five for Jessica Biel? No. Six for Jordana Brewster? No. It's insane that all of these people are in these movies, though, because I, I know every single one of those names. So you're not going to pick Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. You're not going to continue this journey uh, through Texas with me, huh? Nope. Okay, so that begs the question is, what movie are you going to reserve? Unless this movie has turned you off of being on this podcast anymore, of course. Oh, it was a close one, but uh, how about A Quiet Place? Okay. Okay, I dig that. And, yeah, you know what? That's a movie that I've seen. I've seen it twice, actually. I saw it with you, Mm -hmm. Chinese Theater. Yeah, the Chinese Theater in Los Angeles. And then I got my wife, who is... Famously hates horror movies. Famously will not even give them a chance. I talked her into it because Jim from The Office, John Krasinski, (laughs) and she enjoyed that movie. So I feel like there's enough from this podcast that we can bring into that and that's a different kind of horror movie totally i'm 100 percent on board for this so this will be fun it'll be very different because they have basically their own rules for that movie which is which is nice yeah horror movies need to have rules yeah uh cool i'm, I'm pumped for a quiet place okay so i guess it's time to spin the wheel then so before we do that let me read off what we got we have a nightmare on street 3 dream warriors Turn of the corn 2 the final sacrifice the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, which the, the actual title is Leatherface, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Halloween Resurrection. Child's Play 2. Leprechaun 2. Saw 2. And Friday the 13th Part 3. So Derek, go ahead and spin the wheel of spooks. Longest spin ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, Derek, you dodged a bullet because the movie that was spun was Leatherface, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. You just dodged a bullet, sir. Oh, I dodged a chainsaw. Yeah, you dodged a chainsaw. And All the right. grenade and everything. And oh. So I think Jordan Ryan will probably come back on the podcast. I think he said he wanted to cover this one, and I'm sure he wants to get back on. And talk about some Vigo Mortensen, but it won't be Derek. It will not be me. <laughs> uh, all right, so some more Texas Chainsaw. I'm fine with that. I mean, I don't really love the third movie. It's kind of boring, but yeah, uh, this will be a fun podcast, I think, especially with some Vigo. Okay, cool. You can follow us on uh, Twitter at How to Horror. Um, that's How the Number Two Horror, and then on Instagram at How to Survive a Horror Movie. Uh, Derek, anything else? Don't watch this movie, but if you do, let me know so we can hate it together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Actually, tweet at me. Uh, tweet at our uh, at How to Horror what you think of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Do you love it? You hate it? I really want to know. Uh, so yeah, tweet at me what your thoughts are on this movie after you listen to the podcast. Uh, yeah, it should do it. This is the How to Survive a Horror Movie podcast. Stay safe out there. Uh, uh.